the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a ring of truth that is unmistakable. Knowing that you cannot find them all. And if you listen carefully, and sometimes even if you don't, you can hear that sound. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. He's just a kid. He's a teenager. And and God says, I have called you to speak against the kings of Judah, against its princes, its officials, its leaders, against the priests. Jeremiah is a priest. He's from a priestly family. So God has called him to speak against his own family, his own family members. How well do you think his family is going to receive that? Sometimes God uses people that are small in the eyes of the world to move in the most. He just wants a heart that's willing to hear his will and live it out in their lives. Today, Pastor Dan will be with you in Jeremiah to encourage you with the willingness of Jeremiah to live for God. The nation of Israel at the time had turned their back on him and wouldn't heed the warnings of Jeremiah or Isaiah before him. Is your faith so strong that you'll live for God even when the rest of the world around you won't? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. In the New Testament, you have Mary, the mother of Jesus. She's a teenager uh, when she conceives and bears the Messiah. Timothy, Timothy was a young pastor pastoring a very difficult church in the city of Ephesus. Uh, And he was discouraged. He was thinking about quitting. That's why Paul writes him the letter of 1 Timothy. And Paul tells Timothy uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, that's public reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy, with the laying on of hands by the eldership. And so he tells Timothy, hey, don't let anyone despise your youth just because you're young. Be an example to the believers, the way that you live your life and the words that you speak. God is not always looking for someone with the right experience or the right skills or the right qualifications. Quite often, God is just looking for someone who's available and who's willing to just do what he's asking to do. You know, that's what he's looking for. Availability and willingness. And you're qualified. (laughs) You know, God likes to use the weak. He likes to use the nobodies. He likes to use the unqualified, because then he gets all the glory for it. So here is Jeremiah. Jeremiah's a young guy, young kid, a teenager maybe. He says, hey, I can't speak. I'm a youth. And God says, don't tell me you're a youth. You just go to who I send you to. You say what I tell you to say. Verse 8, do not be afraid of their faces, 
For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Now, Jeremiah's message, it was a hard message. And the people will hate Jeremiah for his message, for telling the truth. You know, Paul talks about preaching the word in season and out of season. And the word of God's out of season in Jeremiah's day. And people are going to be offended by what Jeremiah has to say. And he's just speaking the truth. He's just speaking the word of God. But they are going to be offended. And they're not going to tolerate Jeremiah. They're not going to tolerate the word of God from Jeremiah. And we're going to see that Jeremiah will be ignored. He'll be mocked. He'll be ridiculed. He'll be beaten. He'll even be imprisoned for preaching the word of God. But God says here to Jeremiah, don't be afraid of their faces. Don't be afraid of the reaction to the word of God. I remember one time I spoke at a funeral. This is before I was even a pastor. Uh, and I was asked to speak at a funeral. And the person who asked me to speak was a believer. And the rest of the family wasn't. And they asked me to declare the gospel to their family. And I did. You could just see the anger on their faces. I wasn't heavy handed about it. Uh, but just their faces, you know. And here God says to Jeremiah, don't be afraid of their faces. Right, Because you can see it on their faces sometimes when you're preaching the word of God to people. Don't be afraid of their reaction. God says, for I am with you. Do you see that? For I am with you to deliver you. you know, God's answer to our fear is always that he is with us. That he's with us. His answer to fear is his presence. That he's with us. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. You're with me. Jesus said, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And that is what calms our fears, is the fact that God is with us. And to Jeremiah, you know, God, he's, God says, I'm with you, and I'll deliver you. Jeremiah is called to a very difficult ministry, but he's not alone. God's with him, and God will give him the words to speak, and God will protect him. Just as God is with us in our difficulties, he's close to us. He helps us. He strengthens us. He carries us through. I think about the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy when he talks about how he stood up to give his defense and he said, no one was with me. Everyone had forsaken Paul. And he says, but the Lord stood with me. You know, everybody else abandoned me, but the Lord was with me. And the Lord stood with me. The Lord says to Jeremiah, I'm with you. Then verse 9, the Lord put forth his hand And look what he says. And he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, again, you just see it's this very personal experience for Jeremiah here. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Jeremiah has this memory, this very personal experience when God called him to be a prophet. And, you know, he remembers it in such detail. I remember he touched my mouth. and The Lord said to me, Behold, I've put my words in your mouth. And it's good to remember and it's valuable to remember uh, when God called you, when God called you to a specific ministry or when God called you to do something or when God called you to go somewhere. It's good to remember the details of that calling, especially because things can get difficult in that calling and you might get discouraged. And you can look back and say, no, I remember when God called me to do this. I remember when God said to me to go there. I remember when God told me to take this job. I remember when God told me to move here. I remember what he said to me. I remember how he spoke to me. I remember how he confirmed it to me. It's good to remember 
these experiences that we have with the Lord so that when down the road of get discouraged, we begin to question, well, maybe I'm not supposed to. Maybe God didn't call me. No, wait, this is what he said to me. Before my wife and I moved here to plant this church, we still lived in Florida. We took the time to write down on several legal size yellow pieces of paper. We just wrote down every way that God had confirmed to us that he was calling us to Maryland to plant a church, you know, in case there ever came a day where we questioned that calling in discouragement and thought, maybe we didn't hear the Lord. Maybe we're not supposed to be here. It's kind of like, remember the in case of emergency, break glass kind of thing. I've got this little pack of paper now with all these details listed out for me that I can go back and I can read it and it can just affirm to us, oh, this is what God's called me to do. And Jeremiah has that affirmation, and that's one of the reasons why he's able to just stay the course for over 40 years, just hammering away, even though nobody is responding, and everybody hates him for what he's saying to them, but he's got this calling, and he's sure of this calling of what God's called him to. Now, verse 10, verse 10, God describes Jeremiah's ministry. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. That's a hard job description right there. You'd rather it say, you know, I'm calling you to preach to the people and you're going to preach, you know, happy things and nice things and encouraging things. But no, I need you to root out. I need you to pull down. I need you to destroy I need you to throw down and then build and plant. And so his ministry includes both destruction and construction. There are things that need to be rooted out, torn down, and destroyed. And there are things that need to be built up and planted. The nation's sin, the nation's idolatry, needs to be rooted out and destroyed. By turning back to the Lord, the nation will be built up and planted again. And unfortunately, just because of the hardness of the people's hearts, he's going to spend a lot of his message trying to root out, pull down, destroy, and throw down, and just a little bit of his message building up and planting. But that's because of the people's hearts, not because of Jeremiah. So now in verse 11, Jeremiah has his first vision here as a prophet. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. And then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Now, the branch of the uh, the almond tree, the almond tree is the first tree to bloom in Israel, but it's the last tree to produce fruit. Almond trees are in bloom right now. They bloom in late January in Israel. So they bloom first, but they produce last. They bloom first, but they're harvested last. They go the whole season before they actually produce fruit. Almonds, And so this vision here of this almond tree, what God is saying is that he is ready to fulfill his word, but some time is going to pass before he performs it. It will come to pass, but not yet. Be patient. Then in verse 13, he has a second vision. The word of the Lord came to me the second time saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot and it is facing away from the north or it's tilting away from the north. So if you can picture a boiling pot of water and if it's tilting one direction so that the contents can pour out, it's tilting away from the north. So it's spilling from the north onto the kingdom of Judah. And he tells us the interpretation of it in verse 14. Then the Lord said to me, 
Out of the north, calamity shall break forth on all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I am calling all the families of the kingdoms of the north, says the Lord. They shall come and each one set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem against all its walls all around and against all the cities of Judah. So calamity is going to come upon Judah and it's going to come from the north. And this is speaking of the Babylonians. The Babylonians will invade and destroy Jerusalem and what's left of Judah. And they're going to carry away the people of Judah as captives for 70 years. That's going to take place in 586 B.C. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Verse 16 now, God tells us why he's bringing this judgment onto Judah. Here's why. I will utter my judgments against them concerning all their wickedness because, here's why, they have forsaken me and they've burned incense to other gods and they worship the works of their own hands. That's why he's going to bring this judgment upon them. For a cross-reference, you could write down Deuteronomy 28. Back in Deuteronomy 28, before they even came into the promised land, before they even entered the land, God told the children of Israel that if they ever do forsake him and turn to other gods, he's going to remove them from the land. And he's going to bring in other nations that are going to come in and wipe them out and carry them out of the land. And so this is what's happening now. Because they have forsaken God, they're burning incense to other gods, They're worshiping the works of their own hands, meaning the idols that they have made with their own hands. They broke the covenant with God. And so as a consequence, God will remove them from the promised land and he will send them into captivity, just as he warned them that he would, as Isaiah warned them would happen. This isn't the first time they've heard this. It's not like you're saying, hey, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You never told us this would happen before. He's been telling them all along before he even brought them into the land. He has sent prophet after prophet to warn them, and they're just ignoring the warning. Now look at verse 17. The Lord says to Jeremiah, therefore, prepare yourself and rise. Prepare yourself, Jeremiah. Get yourself ready. Get dressed to go. Literally, gird up your loins. You know, get ready. You've got this difficult task, this difficult calling. You need to get yourself ready for it, Jeremiah. How can we get ourselves ready Uh, for something that we know will be difficult, something that we know will be difficult spiritually, for sure. And even in Jeremiah's case, it's difficult physically. There's a few ways you can prepare for something. Uh, One big way is is by praying, by praying. And it sounds simplistic, but just praying beforehand, praying and fasting. Uh, If you remember in the Gospels, uh, Mark chapter 9, there's a story where uh, Jesus is up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. And the rest of the disciples, they're down at the bottom of the mountain. And a man brings his demon-possessed son to the disciples. And they try to cast the demon out. And they can't cast it out. And they try and try and they can't cast the demon out. Jesus shows up. 
Jesus cast the demon out. And then the disciples asked Jesus, hey, why couldn't we cast the demon out? And Jesus said, this kind only comes out with prayer and fasting. You know, it was too difficult for them. And Jesus says, the only way you can do this is with prayer and fasting. And a lot of times when we face difficult situations, things we know that are difficult. We go into something knowing that it's difficult. We prepare ourselves by praying, spending time in prayer, fasting, seeking the Lord. Also, you know, putting on the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. If you want to turn over there. I know it's familiar verses, but it's good to read them in your Bible. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not your own might, but his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with the truth is what holds it all together. The word of God, the truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, not our own righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You know, the fiery darts of the wicked one. Those are those lies that you hear in your head. Those are all those doubts that you hear in your head. You know, just these fiery darts that the enemy will shoot at you to get you off balance. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. You know, your your helmet protects your head, your brain, you know, your thought life. You know, just thinking on your salvation. I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I'm blood bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's the only offensive weapon that is described here in the armor of God. The word of God. It's the sword of the spirit. You remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, He used the sword of the spirit. He used the word of God to defend himself. It is written. He kept quoting scripture. It is written. Praying always with prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And so we have the the armor of God. And so we can prepare ourselves for challenges and for difficulties and spiritual battles that we're going to face, especially if we know that we're going to face them, by praying, by fasting, by putting on the armor of God. Back in Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, verse 17, again, the Lord says to Jeremiah, prepare yourself, get yourself ready, and arise. And then he says, and speak to them all that I command you. Do not be dismayed before their faces. He says that to him a second time, which tells me this is going to be an issue. He's got to repeat it. It's kind of like with Joshua, when Joshua becomes the commander over Israel after Moses dies. I mean, I don't remember how many times it is that people and the Lord say to Joshua, don't be afraid. And the people say, don't be afraid. And then the Lord says, don't be afraid. Joshua, don't be afraid. And it's like, can you tell by the look on my face that I'm afraid? Everybody's saying this to me. And here the Lord says to him a second time, don't be dismayed before their faces. Look what he says, lest I dismay you before them. Don't be intimidated. He says, don't be intimidated. But then the Lord says, for I will make you look foolish in front of them. He says, for behold, I have made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar 
and bronze walls against the whole land. This is why you shouldn't be intimidated, because the Lord has promised to protect you. And the Lord has made you a fortified city, an iron pillar and bronze walls. Right. So there's no reason to be afraid. And this is why I think the Lord says, if you are dismayed before their faces, I will dismay you before them. I'll make you look foolish before them because I have protected you. I've declared to you. This is my word to you. I have protected you. I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, a bronze wall. So you've got nothing to be afraid of. Now, here's who God wants Jeremiah to speak to. Look at this list against the kings of Judah. He's just a kid. He's a teenager. And and God says, I've called you to speak against the kings of Judah. Against its princes, its officials, its leaders, against the priests. Jeremiah is a priest. He's from a priestly family. So God has called him to speak against his own family, his own family members. How well do you think his family is going to receive that? (laughs) You ever try to speak against your family members? Share the word of God with someone? Ever try to pull a thus saith the Lord with a sibling? Doesn't go over very well. And yet Jeremiah here is called to speak against the priests, which are going to include members of his own family. Now, turn over to chapter 11 with me. Chapter 11. Look at verse 21. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the men of Anathoth. That's Jeremiah's hometown. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the men of Anathoth, who seek your life. Those are the people of his own town, his neighbors. They're seeking his life and they say, do not prophesy in the name of the Lord, lest you die by our hand. That's how his family and neighbors are going to respond. Don't you tell me what the Lord is saying. I'll kill you. (laughs) Doesn't that just sound like family, right? (laughs) Look down in verse uh, 6 of chapter 12. Chapter 12, verse 6. For even your brothers, the house of your father, even they have dealt treacherously with you. It's not going to go well. For Jeremiah, he's going to speak against the priests. Some of those priests are family members and they're going to be highly offended by Jeremiah and they're going to want to kill him. So he's going to speak against the kings of Judah, the officials, the leaders. He's going to speak against the priests, some in his own family. And then look at the end of verse 18, chapter one and against the people of the land. He's going to speak against everyone in the whole land. He's going to offend everybody with what he has to say. And they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. Would you take this call? If God called you like he called Jeremiah, I want you to speak to kings, officials, priests, all the land, and they're not going to like what you have to say. They're going to fight against you, but I'll be with you. And Jeremiah said yes to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? You know, one commentary I read said that Jeremiah is the bravest man in the Old Testament, right? Because he knows right up front that this isn't going to go well. (laughs) And he didn't back away from that in fear. The Lord's with me. All right, let's go. And he goes. And so just to summarize here, God, you know, he doesn't look for the most experienced person, the most qualified person. He looks for the most available person and the person who's just willing to obey God no matter what. And that's Jeremiah. And even when things are difficult, God is with you. You can rely upon him and he'll be your strength 
And that's something that Jeremiah is going to learn over the next 40 plus years of his ministry. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. When you look at the book of Jeremiah at a glance, it seems like the overarching theme is judgment and negative consequence. But as you take a closer look, you're given a microscopic lens into the heart of God. Yes, there was judgment and eventual exile, but think about how long-suffering and patient God was in giving them multiple chances to repent from their ways and separate from their sin. What an amazing and hopeful picture of God's heart toward you. He is just and fair in handing out consequences to those who willfully go against what He's offering. But like a patient parent, He gives grace and mercy when you vacillate between following Him and venturing elsewhere. Ultimately, God wants you to choose Him wholeheartedly, and He wants to bless you. Take the book of Jeremiah as a continual reminder that God is gracious and merciful, but He'll bring judgment on those who refuse His ways. If you want to talk to someone and better understand what all of this means, don't hesitate to call us at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth. Feel free to study this book on your own in the meantime. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will share more from the book of Jeremiah and provide a deeper understanding of how to apply it to your life here on Ring of Truth. Rings true.